Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, guys, we are just so glad that you're here. Um, if I haven't got a chance to meet you, my name's Noah. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, we're just thankful that you came out uh, this weekend to join us for uh, to join us for church on a Sunday. Uh, if you don't know, we've been doing church on Saturday nights, and so we just recently switched to Sunday mornings. And uh, we're just so glad that you're here, and uh, we're getting in the swing of things. We just launched last week, and uh, man, we had such a great service last week. Uh, can you give it up for that service? It was so good. We had a lot of people come and give their give their lives to Christ. It was we just had a good moment, and so um, I'm glad that this these moments are turning into movements in this city. And so, and that's our prayer is that the moment that you have can turn into a movement, a movement of God within this city, within this region. So I'm just excited that you're here today. Um, as Curtis said earlier, we're in a series called Fake. If you don't know what a series is, a series is just um, a, a set of teaching topics. And so for the next couple of weeks, um, we're going to be talking about a fake. And uh, basically, we've, we've kind of titled this, How to Live a Real Life in a Fake World. I don't know if you know it, there's a lot of fake people out there. And you you probably know some of them, and I know about half of them on my Facebook page. Totally fake. <laughs> I think everybody on Facebook is fake. And uh, we'll just leave Instagram and Twitter out of this because that's that even gets worse when you start editing your photos and uh, you got to get the Photoshop in there and everything. I don't know. I got the Photoshop app. I don't know. Does anybody else have that app and where you can take like the blemishes off your face and uh, <laughs> it can make you look a little bit thinner too? I need I need that uh, that thinning machine thing. So uh, <laughs> anyway, that's but that's the world we live in. We live in a world that demands us to be perfect. It, the, the world it assumes that we are perfect because, you know, I sometimes I think, is it the world wanting us to be perfect or is it us making ourselves perfect and just putting the pressure on everybody else? I think sometimes we put more pressure on ourselves than what the world actually puts pressure on us. Does that make sense? All right. And uh, anyway, that's that's what we're talking about today. And, uh, and that's just the little beginning. But um, today, specifically, this series has been basically owning reality, owning what we really know. Because in life, we know that a lot of people are fake. They say one thing, and they do another. I know a lot of those people. And the Bible talks about this farther, and uh, the Bible even says that the farther the world goes on, the more fake people we're going to have. And uh, we've, we had this verse, it's in uh, first or Second Timothy, actually, 3, 1 through 5. And this has just kind of been our theme verse. I'm going to read it for you. Uh, just to give you a little bit of a background on this verse, Paul is writing a letter to Timothy. Timothy is a young man, and Timothy is learning to be a leader. And so this is what Paul tells Timothy. This is, this is, what, this is what he says. But understand this, in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And he finally says here, here's what I want you to pick up on, having the appearance of godliness, 
but denying its power. Avoid such people. See, there's a lot of bad things in this verse. <laughs> he says, avoid all of these bad things, all, all these, all these horrible things. But not only did I think like the stuff in the beginning was bad, but take a look at the end. Avoid fake people. Paul tells us clearly, the last thing that he says is you need to avoid fake people. So that's what this series has been all about. And so today, I don't want to just talk about fake people, because last week we talked a lot about fake people. But I believe in order to know who is fake and to help you understand a little bit more about this fake topic, you need to be shown the real deal. And so today we're going to be talking about what does a real Christian look like? What does a real Christian look like? And in fact, um, I've got some money with me today. Um, I just brought this $20 bill. And uh, I wanted to show you this real quick, that I learned, I learned something recently about money, is that, well, I didn't learn this, but just so you guys know, I hope you know, there's counterfeit money out there, right? There's people who make fake money. And there's people who, I, some people can make really good fake money and get away with it, but because there's fake money floating around there, the government hires people, basically their job is to look at money and to decide whether it's real or whether it's fake. And I read an article, and Zach actually gave me the idea, and uh, I read an article about how these guys uh, decide whether it's a true bill or if it's a fake one. And this is really, really interesting. I want to read this phrase to you. They use this phrase to identify whether this bill is real or fake. They do this. They touch, tilt, look at, and look through. And if you have a real bill in your hand, you should be able to touch it, and you should be able to feel the unique stuff on it. I don't know if you know this, but uh, on the 20, there's a little stamp here, and uh, and you can you can feel that stamp and how it's how it's embossed in there. And so, if you if you've ever handled money, you know that money has a distinct feel to it, like it doesn't feel like anything else. It it has a feel to it, and then. They tilt it and they see, I don't know if you know this, but there's a hologram in every bill. Some of them have uh, pictures of famous things. I don't, know if, I don't know if you can see that, but I can see this one has like a picture, picture of, uh, it's got like a president's face in the background, not the main guy, but it has, it has a hologram of another president back there. And uh, anyway, there's, there's just this, when you tilt it and you look into it, you can see different things in this bill. And, uh, and then the next thing is just really simple. Look at it. Look at the bill. Does it look real? Is the color off? You know, does it, does it look like it's been worn or used or, or whatever it might be? A lot of people can just see whether the color is off or not. And then there's all kinds of little things on these bills. Um, on the 20, on the back here, there's like millions of little bitty 20s. You probably can't see them because they're so small. But there's millions of these things just like floating around in the air all throughout, little bitty 20s. And so you can look and see, you can just look at it and you can see whether it's real or not. And then the last thing that they do, they look through it to see if you can find the watermark. And the amazing thing is, is that when I read this article, it said that you can train somebody to do this in just a few minutes. In just a few minutes, if they would stack up a a bunch of real 20s and a bunch of fake ones and mix them all together, People can be trained within just a few minutes by this 
Simple little phrase. Touch, tilt, look at, through. And so it's amazing how they would be able to spot the fake thing. But the reason that they can spot the fake thing is because they know what the real deal looks like. When you know what the real deal looks like, when you know what the real bill looks like, you know what a fake bill is. It's everything else but the real deal. So that's what we're talking about today. What does a real Christian look like? And if you're taking notes today, I just wrote down five things that we're going to go through that I believe a real Christian has. And can I, uh, can I, can I, uh, challenge you today? I want you to look at your life. It's really easy for us to set in a message and for us to say, well, I know somebody who really needs to hear this. You know, I'm going to send them the podcast link this week and uh, let them hear this. Now, I just want to challenge you. Look into your life. See if you've got these things. And so today, that's, that's just what I want you to do. I want you to leave the real deal. You see, if we would look at your life, would we see a real Christian? Or how about this? Not only if you would look into your life, but if we would bring your ex on stage and they would, would, what would they say? What would your ex-best friend say about your life? Would they say you're the real deal? Or would they say you're just a fake? So be real with yourselves today. And I just want you to evaluate yourself and really think about this. I want to help you become real. Here's the thing that I've learned. You don't have to be perfect, but you just have to be real. In fact, point number one, we talked a little bit about this last week. Point number one is real Christians are not perfect. Real Christians are not perfect. In fact, the Bible is full of men and women who are imperfect. They don't have it all together. In fact, the only type of people Jesus ever used to make a difference is imperfect people. If you look all throughout the Bible, there's not one perfect person that Jesus uses. Now, isn't that interesting? We all think that whenever we come to church and we come to Jesus, we think we have to have it all together. That's not true. Every person in the Bible was imperfect. Nobody had it all together. And this is what's interesting about it. And if you, if you really dive into it, the reason God picks imperfect people is because he wants, he wants to show us the perfect person. When he chooses imperfect people, all he does is he glorifies Jesus even more. Because Jesus was the only person who could come and live a perfect life. So when God uses all these imperfect people, he's making sure that Jesus gets all the glory. That Jesus gets all the honor that's due. And so that's why the Bible uses imperfect people. Jesus came to live a perfect life for us imperfect people. And so when you do something good, who gets the glory? I'm going to ask you that today. When you do something good, who gets the glory? And I think it's so interesting because this is this one's kind of easier. You probably do this. Like when you do something good, you're like, thank God. Thank God, thank God, <laughs> thank you, Lord, that that happened, all right? And it's just something good in your life and your natural response is to thank the Lord. I think it's so interesting. If you, if you ever watch any, uh, if, if you watch TV or, or if you watch any, uh, uh, oh, if you watch any shows like award shows and they, they come up and, and I've watched one one time. It was this, this rapper. He wrote, he wrote a song and, and won some type of award for it. And so they come up and, and he, and he comes up and he's like, 
just want to give God all the glory. And I'm like, I know your song. It has cuss words in it. It's like, it's just not like, it's not a God song. But what, what do they do? It's your natural response to give God the glory. And you might know this. You might, you might be thinking of somebody right now that maybe they don't know God and they go and they work with you or they go to school with you, whatever it might be. And when something good happens, they're like, thank God. And you just question like, do you even know who God is? And, and it's kind of funny, but it's our natural response to thank God. Athletes do it. Every, a lot of people do it. So many people do it. But here's the difference. A real Christian gives God the glory when they do something good, but they also give glory for all the mistakes that they make. See, you can't live life without making a mistake. And if you do, let me know your secret, all right? Um, But you can't do it. The difference is between real and fake Christians is that real Christians point to Jesus when they make a mistake. When they do something wrong, they point to Jesus. How do they do that? They confess that they made a mistake. Listen, don't ignore it. When you do something wrong, don't ignore it. Don't lie about it. Don't keep it to yourself. Can I tell you, I had so many things in my life that I kept to myself for a long time. I gave Jesus a part of my life, but this part, he couldn't touch. There were secret things in my life that was going on that I wouldn't let anybody know about. Because of that, I struggled with them for such a long time. Can I tell you, it wasn't until I got in a small group to where I got to let go of those things, where I found people that I trusted to say, you know, and, and it's kind of funny because you get if you're ever in a small group, you get really deep. It's like week one, you're just kind of there. Week two, you're, you know, you kind of know these guys. And then week three, you're like pouring it all out. And uh, it's really interesting. It's so a week three. It's like, I trust you guys. I've known you for three weeks. Let me tell you my deepest, darkest secrets. And uh, anyway, that's it. But freedom happened in that small group. When I could tell somebody what's really going on in my life, when I could take the mask off and when I could say, listen, man, this it's not a good thing, but I, I've just, I've just got to confess it. Listen, real Christians confess when they make a mistake. You don't have to be perfect. Don't ignore it. Don't lie about it. But if you're willing to confess your sin, if you're unwilling to confess your sin, you're robbing God's power to forgive you. God's right there. And he's waiting. He wants to forgive you. But when you're unwilling to give it all to God, you're taking away his power. And so don't just point to Jesus after the touchdown, but point to Jesus when you completely blow it and ask for forgiveness. Point number two, or point number three, real Christians know Jesus personally. Real Christians know Jesus personally. Think about all the people who saw Jesus as he did his ministry. Think about all the people who saw Jesus while he did ministry. People came from all over to see him, but they did not know him personally. There's a story of of a guy, you probably heard it before, it's called the rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus and he says, what what do I have to do 
to inherit eternal life? What do I have to do? And Jesus says, give up all that you have. Follow me. Simple phrase. A simple thing to do. Give up all that you have and follow me. What Jesus wanted was Jesus wanted that rich young ruler to know him personally. Not just know him through other people, but to know him personally. So maybe you know of Jesus, but you don't know him personally. You see, God wants to have a relationship with you. And you can have one with him. You just have to say yes. And you see, you might not have a relationship with your earthly father, but God, your heavenly father, wants a relationship with you. This is a tragedy that's happening today. So many people don't have an earthly father, or they don't have a father they can look up to. God's your perfect heavenly father. No matter what your dad did, God's there. And he wants to know you personally. And we miss it. I don't know if you understand that, but God wants to have a relationship with you. You see, religious, real Christians don't just do religious stuff. They don't just come to church. They don't just do the religious duties. But they have a relationship with their heavenly father. They talk to God. What am I talking about? They talk to God everywhere they go. They talk to God in the car. They talk to God on their way to work. They talk to God at their work. They talk to God before they go to bed. That's the type of stuff that they do. They have a real relationship. They talk to God about their relationships. God wants to speak to you, but do you know him personally? Point number four. Real Christians know Jesus privately. They know Jesus privately. They have a relationship with Jesus when no one else is looking. I think this is so important. If we looked into your life, would you have a real relationship with Jesus? Do you go home and when no one else is watching, do you have a relationship with Jesus? That's important. This is, this is so, so important. Do you have a relationship with Jesus when no one else is looking? Do you have a chair time? Do you have a time where you set aside by yourself to pray and read the Bible? Listen, God wants to speak to you. But when you don't set aside time in your personal relationship with him, you're missing that. One of the greatest things that I've ever found, and I hate that it took so long for me to find it, was that God wanted to speak to me personally when nobody else is looking. God wants to speak to me every day. And I ignore it. And I couldn't believe I ignore it every day. It blows my mind. And people do it all the time. When no one else is looking, do you have that relationship with Jesus? When no one else is looking, are you praying? When no one else is looking, are you still reading your Bible? Or are you just reading your Bible to get that Instagram post in? To take that picture? To share it with somebody else? Or are you just reading your Bible to do the church thing? Or are you just freshening up before you come into church? Whatever it might be, listen, when no one else is looking, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing with your life when no one else is looking? Real Christians, they know Jesus privately. They know him and their finances, an area that nobody likes to talk about. They know Jesus and their finances. They know Jesus and their relationships and their private relationships. They know Jesus 
in their text messages. They know Jesus when no one else is looking. I wonder, do you have a relationship with Jesus when no one else is looking? Are you just the way you are when you're around other people? When you go to school, when you go to work, wherever you go? Or do you have a relationship when no one else is looking? Point number five, real Christians know Jesus publicly. It's my last point today. Let me ask you this. Am I just doing this so other people can see? Because there's a point to Christianity that I think we all get really confused. We think that whenever we go public with Jesus, we have to do some big thing. Like we've got to go out on the streets and stop cars and and uh, and yell at them with a big bullhorn or whatever it is. That's That's not it. Do you know Jesus publicly? Can I promise you this? I'm not going to talk a lot about this because I think this is important. You can know, the public stuff will come if you know Jesus privately. The public stuff will come out when you know Jesus privately. Why? Because when you get in the Word, when you realize that no matter what I've done, Jesus still loves me, that love, that joy, that peace is going to come right out of you. And it's going to be public. It's going to be public. But you have to know Him privately first. You've got to know Him privately And so once you say yes to Jesus, Jesus wants you to go public. But before you can know him publicly, you have to know him privately. I want to share a scripture with you as the band comes out. It's in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. If you've heard this scripture before, you know it as the Great Commission. And that's what we're here to do today. That's what we're here to do. We want you to be all in for Jesus. And I hope that because you know the real deal, you can be all in for Jesus. So I wonder, do you know that real Christians are not perfect? Do you know who perfect is? Do you know Jesus personally? Do you know Jesus privately? And do you know Jesus publicly? I wonder tonight, or today, if you would make it a point to know the real Jesus. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Today, I want you to know that real Christians give everything that they have. They give the good stuff, and they give the bad stuff. Today, you can confess your sins. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to just give God the good things in your life. But you can give Him the bad things too. So whatever's happening in your life, today we're going to give it all to God. And I wonder if you would just have an open heart today and say, you know what, God? I've given you the good stuff, but I haven't let you touch the bad stuff. I've got stuff that I'm hiding from you. And so today I wonder if you would open up your heart to Him and say, you know what? 
the stuff that I've kept a secret, I'm going to give it to you because I know you're more powerful, you're greater, and you're better than my deepest fear. And so t- today, if it's your, if it's your day today, we're going to pray a prayer together. And all it's going to say is, Jesus, I give you my life. I make you my Lord. And today, you can leave being the real deal. It might not all happen at once. I don't want to confuse you. It's a process. But the process starts with you today. It starts with you giving your heart to a real Jesus. A God that cares about you. A God that wants to be in your life. So we're going to pray this prayer, and everybody's going to pray it because we all believe this. Would you say, Dear Jesus, thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. God, I invite you into my life. I make you my Lord. I give you the good. I give you the bad. I give you the ugly. I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.